Welcome to Here's a Solution, the podcast where talking about work doesn't have to feel like it. Presented by Emily Shandruck Solutions with your host, Emily Shandruck and Chelsea Lockstead. Now, are you ready to get real about the everyday workplace? Well, Happy New Year, Chelsea. Happy New Year. I hope you're feeling refreshed, relaxed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think you brought up your love of resolutions and mm-hmm. just that that turning of not just into the next cal like it's not just the moving of one calendar, but like actually discarding an entire year and like starting. Yeah, it's all new. Yeah, I love New Year's. I always have. I love that New Year's like itself. The day, the party is just like it's just a party to have a party. There's no like, <laughs> it's not about someone or anything yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah, and I just love, maybe it's because I'm constantly, I don't know, I just love New Year's. And, and, and maybe this is harkening back to the generations. I'm In my head, I'm like, when's the last time like I partied at New Year's? It's been a minute. I mean, having kids puts a slight damper on partying, mostly not so much like the night of, but it's always the next morning. I always want a babysitter. The yeah, no, that would suck. <laughs> I, I had the revelation a couple of years ago that like, how often were my parents hung over around me? <laughs> you know? Well, think about it. How much more cartoons did they just put on? Yeah. Uh, if they were awake. Yeah. So good place to start. Um, yeah, I love New Year's. Where I was going to go with that for a second was that I think it's because like I'm constantly trying to like fix myself and improve myself. And so it feels like a good time. It's like everyone's on board with the whole like, there's something you got to fix about yourself. Yeah, and so I definitely want to touch on that yep. because I've, I think over, and, and maybe this was like mid to late 30s, definitely early 40s, where it wasn't so much, what do I want to fix, but what are things that aren't serving me mm-hmm. anymore? Like, let's take this time to reevaluate. Yeah, like what's important and the things that are important to me. How do I double down on that? Yeah. You know, and I think that that even comes to the whole, you know, as we're just getting out of the holiday season and thinking about gifts and about how, especially for this year, within my own family, we prioritized experiences mm-hmm. and sort of said the the number of packages and bags and things under the tree is going to look vastly different than in years past mm-hmm. because we're going on a family trip and in addition to the family trip I also gifted my daughter with an extra experience that's taking place later in 2024 what is it I'm taking her to Taylor Swift right right of course very yeah. exciting so again I basically gave her a Christmas present and said this is for this year and next year. Yeah, <laughs> So fair. once again, don't expect too much under the tree next year. Yeah, I think for me with Christmas and gifts and all of that, I've come to, I've kind of like circled back with my parents to this is like now good for Christmas. Where like, you know, when you're a kid, like you get toys and all of that. And then like when you're a teenager, at least I was a teenager, that all of a sudden I was asking for like Lululemon and like a Kate Spade wallet. Right. So those were the really expensive years. And then now it's like, can you get me laundry detergent? <laughs> I saw the funniest 
ads and stuff like that for like Black Friday being like, look, I don't need another big screen TV. I need that bag of apples to go on sale. Yes, so literally. The real like Black Friday sale. Yeah, because having to spend like if I can get laundry detergent for like $20. You know, I'm like, oh, that's all. That's a great price. I don't want to spend twenty dollars on laundry detergent. Heck no. You know, or it's like, <laughs> hey, can you get me a new cutting board? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and those are gifts that I appreciate so much more than a Kate Spade wall. You know what I mean? Like, I genuinely because now I get it. Like now I'm like, wow, you were having to buy a Kate Spade wallet and twenty dollar laundry <laughs> detergent for yourself. Wow. Yeah. Oh, totally. You know, and so as we've you know gotten through the holidays and you know reflected on maybe what we've received or the things that we've done and we're turning to resolutions and I think there's some personal but I know we want to talk about maybe some workplace resolutions Mm -hmm. what are some resolutions that you're thinking of and it could be both personally and or professionally yeah so I feel like mine are kind of intertwined so my big resolution for 2024 is to just try to build up like some semblance of a routine in my life at first this was something that I was trying to do in 2023 and I and it kind of it was happening but um I kind of like took a step back in like late 2023 I all of a sudden realized that like my life was so drastically different than it had been like nine months before like obviously everything with Mitchell like that's the big thing but even just like I graduated university I had a new job everything with Mitchell like that's could be a whole podcast in itself but I kind of realized like wow my life and and I think just with like trauma and coping and stuff like I don't even really fully remember it do you know what I mean like there's just so much of it that's a blur yeah it was all happening and I think I was in like I don't know if it's survival mode I don't know but like all of a sudden I really did just like kind of stop like it was maybe like mid-October and I was like whoa (laughs) a lot has happened and now that I've kind of had that realization I feel like in 2024 I'm realizing like how much of just like a process I'm in with my grief and how that's its own process and that I can't do anything to control it like I'm just kind of like riding you have to like give yourself up to the current you know yeah and just and just kind of like let yourself be like this is going to be an ongoing thing this is like a chronic illness almost so I think for 2024 I'm just trying to yeah like give myself up to the current and just try to figure things out a little bit but in that I'm going to try to really build a routine because I just feel like every day is like these crazy 24 hours and then they're just gone and I just feel very like scattered and all over the place. And yeah, so I'm just going to try to create a little routine in my little life that makes it a little bit easier to get through the day. So like with work, how that is going to work. Listeners, I have like a bit of a, I guess like unconventional work style in that like I'm very much in control over my hours and things like that. And, And so in some ways, like that's really great for me. But in other ways, I don't have like the discipline of like, you have to come to work at 8.30 or 9, right? you know, and which is is good. But in some ways, like, I'm the type of person that maybe I would, like, kind of need that. So I'm hoping to start, like, a more regular time coming in in the morning. I always find the mornings that I do have to come in early, like, if we have a meeting or something, I'm always like, oh, I'm so happy that I came in in the morning. Like, I get so much more done. So I'm going to try doing that even if we don't have a meeting. Right. Yeah, just try to not be so, like, all over the place. Yeah, it's hard when you have that flexibility because I find even for myself on days where I'm like, okay, I I don't have any in-person meetings. I can 
you know, maybe not rush to a morning workout. I can get the kids on the bus. I can take it a bit easier. I find those days by the time it rolls around to even noon for myself that I'm kind of like, what did I do today? And all of a sudden, like, by the time it's noon, if it's a day where, like, the kids are, I'm home for them off the bus, I barely, I, I only have a couple hours. I was thinking back to something you said not too long ago where we were saying, like, oh, you know, if it's already one o'clock and you have something at five o'clock, you're like, well, it's going to take me this time to do that. So mm-hmm. I'll just not do anything. Like you kind of just speed up time. Yes. So a project came up and we were talking about it in late November, but the deadline was going to be the end of February. And so in my head, I was thinking, oh, in a week, it'll be already December and December we might as well just write it off because it's already going to be the holidays. And then I'm going to be way into January. So oh my God, when are we going to get this started? And then I remember my brain was like, hang on a second. There's still three solid work weeks that you can commit to this in December. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so like, don't write off the whole month. And now that we're into January, I'm really glad that I didn't just like piece out of December. Yeah. would have made the February deadline ridiculous. Isn't it funny how like I was thinking about, I remember thinking in November, it was like mid-November and thinking, as an, I was like, oh, Christmas is going to be, it's like Christmas is going to be tomorrow. Yeah. But, you know, remember when you were a kid and, like, November 10th might as well have been, like, three years yes. from Christmas. <laughs> yes. You know, it was so far. It would be incredible to have that kind of sense of time back. I know. I know. Actually, one of the last PD days that my kids had was in November. Mm-hmm. And, and it combined with, was it... Yeah. Anyways, it turned into like a three day, it turned into a three day weekend. I was trying to remember if like there was an extra time off on the Monday too, but it, it, at least giving them that extra day Mm -hmm. by the time we got to Sunday, I just felt like their sense of, okay, they had a chance to, you know, get into the weekend. Like Friday was like a fun day. Saturday, we had some stuff and then Sunday was super chill. So that by like the end of the day on Sunday, they were like, okay with going back to school. Yeah. And again, like maybe we'll do a future podcast of why the four day work week would be an amazing thing in the world of entrepreneurship. I don't know that we would ever really be able to do that, but I just saw it like even just that. Anyways, I know we're kind of like going off on like eight tangents. So your resolution is to give yourself some more structure. Yeah. And so to keep going with that a little bit. So like, I'm like working through right now, listeners, um, a diagnosis for ADHD, which could be its own podcast in itself. But with that is like, I'm trying, I'm working with my therapist to, um, just learn some like coping mechanisms. I find working, like it's, it's really hard. Like I love working. I love my job, but I also find the actual act of like doing tasks deeply, deeply uncomfortable part of like with ADHD that's like the whole point of this diagnosis but part of it is because like I have such a hard time like I'll be working on one thing you can only work on one thing at a time especially if you want to do it well but I can't calm myself down enough to focus on that one task because I'm thinking of all the other things I have to do like in some ways I think I'd be like great at working at just like an assembly line because like if I just had this like one repetitive thing I had to do over and over again I'd be fine but like that's not how real jobs work so a lot of the time you have different things going on and so I'll be trying to work on one thing and I am like freaking out and I'm like my heart is racing and I'm rushing through it because I'm trying to focus on all these other things 
that I also have going on. And so I just want to get that under control for sure in 2024 because um, it's all just like in my head, you know, and it's. Yeah, I mean, I know like our other work colleague often makes fun of me for having 87 tabs open and I'm just like that's how my brain works yeah and I but I do agree while while I feel like I do sometimes flutter from task to task Mm -hmm. I don't feel that anxiety around like I have to rush through this I often look at it like I'll make my to-do list and I'll often look at some things and be like I really don't want to do this but I know I have to do this and then actually husband and I were talking about this just the other day where he had a task like that and in his brain it was like this is going to take me three hours and I'm going to hate it and then he finished it in 45 minutes and he's yeah. like why didn't I just do this a week yeah. ago <laughs> yep yeah and I had another 2023 was just like a year of big revelations for yeah. me um I had this re- so like when I all of my schooling from elementary school up into university I hated school like with it was horrible and university was awful I had a horrible attitude I had horrible work ethic it was just awful and I remember thinking that getting to the end of university it was like once I'm in my job it'll be different because I love my job it's what I'm choosing to do it's not that school structure there's no homework it's everything about it I hated university with a passion my mom will be listening to this and she'll be shaking her head yes it was awful and then I was in my job and like everything about my job is fundamentally different I love people I work with I love what I'm doing I'm interested in it I have more autonomy like just everything but then when I sit down to actually do the work it's not any easier than it was when I was in university and that's when I was like okay something's actually wrong here you know like this these are such different situations yeah what is your 2024 resolution as I was saying before to not necessarily try to change but like what's serving me what do I like doing and as much as I've always said people don't leave jobs for money money is a very nice cherry on top Uh uh-huh uh-huh yes and for 2023 When Chelsea and I sat down last January, we had set some bigger, I think, financial goals for us. And I would say, given a couple projects we had and we were under, we were, we were taking on, um, we were, we were doing, we were on our way to like kind of meeting those goals and, or because of those bigger goals and just some other, you know, again, focusing on what's serving me and knowing that you know, my, all of us, you know, kind of made our way through the pandemic one way or the other and just sort of focusing back in on my family and the people around me that have supported like the crazy entrepreneurial dreams and just like, you know, as much as you were with people (laughs) in a house, were you actually with them? And Mm -hmm. so we got to go on a really big trip with my husband and we got to celebrate our 10 year anniversary. And I basically then like didn't work for a month which was fantastic because we had set ourselves up. And then we got into kind of like the fall of 2023 and and things had been a little bit quieter. But it being quieter has sort of made me look at, okay, so what do I, what what is not just going to bring in money, but what is going to make me, to your point, really happy and excited to come to work? And Mm -hmm. even if there are going to still be things on that to-do list, what do I still want to do? So one of my big resolutions 
is to be a little bit more, I don't want to use the word aggressive. I want to get out there with the trainings that I know that will be beneficial for whether you're our podcast listeners or you're just people that follow us on social media. Because I think when I actually thought back to the whole, you know, reason why we wanted to start the podcast, it was because, you know, we were talking about how do we market employee relations? How do we tell people what we want to do? And it was Chelsea's great idea to actually do it in a podcast because it's really hard to, in an Instagram post, say, hey, are you experiencing workplace conflict? What does that even mean? Like, it could mean something different to everybody. So in trying to explain all the ways in which we could come in and support the podcast was the great was a great idea. And I think what we my focus is now is how do we take the elements that we've been talking about and how do we really showcase them? And and I think for a long time I was thinking people would put A and B equals C together for themselves. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people really want kind of like a package, like what do you do? What 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 workshop can you offer? And I think I've been a bit more vague around it's really what you need and we tailor things. But in talking to people about some more structured ideas um, and sharing with them more about the cultivating safe spaces work and actually drilling down on how I see cultivating safe spaces, really combining with a lot of the workplace conflict work that I've done, the course that I teach and things like that, that's where it seems to be resonating with people. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping we can capitalize on some professional development budgets in the new year. Yes. Yeah. All your new budgets are coming out. Yeah. Very exciting. (laughs) And I really do want to, I think, be more like not just here's a tip on how you could implement this because people are really busy. Yeah, absolutely. Like we've always said, like do what you do best, but outsource the rest. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) So, like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I really want to focus on how we can help people. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I always think about the fact that, like, it doesn't have to be stressful. No. You know? Like, it really doesn't. It really doesn't at all. And I just, um, yeah, it's one of those things that it's so hard to, like, you could have any conflict like that's the thing for us like we can't just say like if you're in this situation like you could we could make a situation that maybe you are in but it's just limitless you know well and and maybe it's around we don't need to make it specific until we're sitting down with a client exactly yeah because and it's very interesting so we hosted a webinar sometime in I think there was the early November webinar and actually, a, a, a like a colleague or someone that I knew previously um, was joined the webinar, and I ran into them recently, and they shared with me that they took some of my tips and implemented it in talking to one of their staff who was just having some difficulties meeting deadlines, mm-hmm. and from this business owner's perspective without knowing the the why the why these deadlines just sort of feeling uneasy about okay well I expected this and it's now like very delayed and very behind and 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 then and I can I can understand and relate like when you're a when this person said to me like yes they own a business but it's still like their business Mm -hmm. and they're like 
and they were paying this person more of a salary and they're really wondering, okay, so, but where, where's the outcome? Mm-hmm. And so there's that unsaid, like the issues around money are huge, like whether it's personally or professionally. And so, you know, she said, I, I, I did what you said. I booked the meeting. I was very clear what the meeting was going to be about so that we could both come prepared. She said, you know, I was, I was open to the, the conversation being a bit emotional, mm-hmm. given that I was bringing up, you know, a question about their, their work priorities, maybe their work ethic. And then the whole became this opportunity for their employee to share why the deadline wasn't being met Mm -hmm. and they were very open and they were very honest and they had a wonderful conversation and they've now created a much stronger work plan and also to really say was that project even well suited for this person right it kind of turned out that it wasn't that the, the you know the employee was struggling with I don't think I'm the right person for this project but unwilling to sort of bring that up because it's like you thought I was a really good fit but you know they were actually able to have this conversation you know it wasn't so funny when this person told me that you know they sat down and they said you know and I didn't make it a shit sandwich I went in right off the top and I love that because I always say I don't believe in shit sandwiches because a lot of times you know the person you're trying to give that feedback to is only focusing on the compliment that you gave them at the beginning yeah (laughs) it's creating a a something that they can then not focus on what you're trying to tell them you're creating more yeah and I think that's kind of what I really like about working in an entrepreneurial setting where like if if that were you and I say like we're talking about your business do you know what I mean you are not just my my manager that if, like, if we're working on a project, it's because it's something that you believe in. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, it's you're the top. And then you get to actually have these conversations. Or, like, in this situation, this person was talking with the business owner. Mm-hmm. You know? And then you can, you have that ability to make change right there. There's yeah. not, like, the system yeah. overhead um, that it's like, oh, well, that sucks that, you know, like, I agree with everything you're saying, but we can't move the product, you know, like there's just more flexibility and yeah. And I will say like on a smaller team or when the person, like if you're in charge and you've got that, that ownership and that flexibility, it does make that easier. And I had kind of looked up slash was thinking about just some general like resolution tips for organizations. And sort of the first one that I came up with was tidying up Mm -hmm. and, and it wasn't just like, let's keep our desks clean. But tidying up your policies, your procedures, like when's the last time you looked at your employee handbook? Do you have an employee handbook? Mm -hmm. Have you updated contracts? Things like that. And so as we're talking about like the control and maybe the power that you would have as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, and even maybe you do work for a big company, but you know, do you have the control over how you manage your team to say, look, this person, you know, has shown a lot of strengths in this area. Maybe we have the conversation about like adjusting them. Like how do you want to tidy up your life and your team and your workplace? Yeah. The evaluations, like if you are doing a performance evaluations with your team, you know, are the things that they're being evaluated on things that they're actually still doing? Is it from a job description that's like way outdated? Has there been a lot of flow? So 
you know, can you look at 2024 as, you know, what are some areas that we do need to just get ourselves in order? So like, as we were bringing up at the beginning, you do have this projection and this maybe a bit more structure around how you're looking at the year. Another one that came up when I was looking up just general uh, ideas and resolutions, (laughs) it was one that said like, take your lunch break. And I was just thinking about like, breaks in general Mm -hmm. you know maybe you do work for a more structured organization that you know you actually have to clock in and clock out for breaks whether it's a coffee break or a lunch break but I mean how many times do we just power through yeah it's so true yeah and especially when you're in that um again like I think there's a difference in like the work setting where if if you don't have that like really strict like clock in clock out like if you're really wanting to get through something you know and and going through your break or whatever but yeah like in that situation of especially when like lunches are unpaid and things like that Mm -hmm. like people fought for that you know you didn't always just have a lunch break like people literally like picketed and like went on strike and things like that so that you could have an hour lunch break like take it yes you know because the organization like you're never I don't think you're gonna ever really find that you're in a situation where it's like I worked through all my unpaid lunch breaks you're probably never gonna be rewarded for that no do you know what I mean like and it's yeah it's nothing that you know if you were applying for another job yeah and you told the person oh I'm a very dedicated person I never take a I never take a break I never take a lunch you're just gonna get taken advantage of Well, and I think, again, going back to some of the Cultivating Safe Spaces training, that's really not promoting um, well-being. Yeah. You're promoting a fear that if they don't see me working, they're not going to think I'm working. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're you're not actually giving yourself and your brain and your body a chance to just, like, step away from a screen or step away from, you know, whether you're reading or writing or just, you know, and again, I think back to my university years and some of the most creative thoughts, ideas I had were when if I had to write a paper or I was doing something, I would stop and I would go for a run. And just Mm -hmm. like, I need to have my eyes focus on something else and just like make my brain not think about what the next word is. Yeah. And sometimes I'd come back and it would be great or sometimes I'd come back and give up. But Yeah, (laughs) so true, yes. at At least it gave me... At least it gave me like a different perspective. And I would say more often than not, I'd come back and be like, okay, I can do this now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I remember one time in therapy, I was in therapy when I was in university and I was talking about my procrastination and all that. And I was saying to the therapist that like, sometimes I, I would work for a bit on uh, an assignment, but then I would start, I would want to take a break. And then I'd start watching TV and I I would be thinking about the assignment while I was watching TV, which would be stressing me out. So then I'd keep watching TV longer because I was stressed out about the assignment. And what she said was it was because the thing that I was doing to take a break, watch TV, like that's passive. And so it was still letting me um, think about the assignment. I wasn't truly taking a break. I was just trying to like mask my anxiety towards the assignment. Um, And then I would spiral with like procrastination and avoidance. Whereas if I were to do something like, read a book or or knit or run or something like that like you're doing something like that is truly a break yes. because then you're focusing on something other than the assignment or whatever it is that you're doing right. and I found that really did help me yeah and I think as much as I mean I often like to throw on tv and you know kind of 
you know, say that it's, I'm just going to de- like decompress now for a little bit. I will say that if I were to read a book instead, mm-hmm. I definitely feel less, you know, I definitely feel like I've taken a break more yeah. than if I've just turned on the TV. Yeah, that's interesting. So another one that came up was around appreciation. And I know we've talked a lot about showing appreciation to your staff, your you know, colleagues, it could be anyone. And I mean, we just came out of the holiday season and and how maybe appreciation was shared. But I think a a big part of that is for your team to know that it's not just around like birthdays and holidays Mm -hmm. that you're going to maybe take a longer lunch, back to the whole break topic, (laughs) you know, bring cupcakes in or something like that, that, you know, how are you, so maybe, and it maybe goes kind of hand in hand with another one that I was looking up and thinking about was around like planning for, like, can you plan ahead for things like deadlines, vacations, workload? Like, do you see a project, do you have a project timeline and are you working towards something? And as you're planning out that maybe now for the 2024, maybe include in your project timeline a celebration and appreciation, mm-hmm. whether that is, okay, we're just all going to go and get fancy coffees today or, you know, everybody gets to leave early, have half a day off on Friday because, you know, once we meet this deadline. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know back in 2023, we talked to Kate Lammers about the way that, you know, her and her team celebrated their success, you know, massive trip to Mexico. Yep. But it was all built around a goal. They had to reach so many subscriptions, mm-hmm. um, and which led to a financial goal, which meant that she could do that. Mm-hmm. So how do you build in celebrations as part of your workload? Yeah. And I think too, like, how do you build a culture of appreciation mm-hmm. where employees on a day-to-day basis know that their their time is respected and that their effort is respected and that it's seen and then I think I think when you have that culture where like they deeply know that they're appreciated and valued when mistakes do come up then that allows it to be a bit more of a learning experience you know and then it just makes those situations which are bound to come up easier to manage because it doesn't feel so people don't feel like they're like teetering they, yeah. they know that they're, they have the room to make mistakes because they yeah. have all this amazing things about themselves. Yeah, actually it makes me think back to one of my very first jobs when I lived in Winnipeg and worked at The Gap mm-hmm. in St. Fatal Mall. Shout out to store 80 or 81 now. I can't remember. I think we were 80 and the one over at Polo Park was 81. We used to have these little like kudo cards and it would be if we maybe we, one of us received like a compliment from a customer and we would write it down and we would give it to our floor manager and sort of said like, you know, this woman said that Amy was awesome in the change room because she blah, 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 blah. And we'd write it down and we'd give it to our manager. And then at the start of every shift, um, the kudo cards would be like read out mm-hmm. or sometimes like maybe we got off like early or whatever we would always get to hear though that somebody had written us this card cute I love that it was cute and then we had like a little bulletin board up in the back and we would often like have a lot of them up until like you know some of them got old and we would take them down but it was just awesome to like not only hear it from like our managers but we would write them about each other again it wasn't just like you know 
Lisa showed up today. Yeah. Well, and I think specifically for that job in customer service, that is so helpful because... I, I mean, I don't think we ever, we haven't really t- ever talked about, um, like customer service jobs, like where you're directly dealing with the public like that mm-hmm. at length. But, um, I think that's one of the hardest jobs in the world. I think everyone should have to work a customer service job for a minimum of one year, like what being a cashier, a server, something like that. I, d- I think I, I feel that you can tell people that have worked a customer service job and those who haven't. Yes. And it is, it can be brutal those customers coming into the gap they can be brutal you know and so I think that's a great way to have to balance that out you know like when I was in when I was in New York we uh it was American Thanksgiving it's the Thursday of American Thanksgiving and I went to a bagel shop with my friend and uh it was it was like a deli kind of style like you went up to the counter and you told them what you wanted and then you took the bagel and brought it to the counter to pay and they read like a little code on it and it was packed and the line was at the door and as we're waiting in line the cashier she was probably 15 or 16 one of the customers had gotten a coffee and there was something wrong with it and I think he just wanted a refund and she was saying I can't do that I can just remake you a coffee and I don't I don't know if it was because she I don't know why but that's what she was saying yeah and um he was getting so close to her like he was coming up to the side of the counter and like was almost at this point like he was almost standing behind the counter there was probably like a foot between them like he was very much using his physical presence Mm -hmm. you know and I could tell like she was almost crying like you could just tell she was getting so flustered and honestly I don't okay male or female what joy do you get out of making Yes. A 15-year-old cashier cried. Yes. Like... There had to have been 60 people in this line for bagels, you know? Like, and I just remember that, like, being a cashier, being a teenager, like, that feeling, mm-hmm. you know? And I was I was very, very close to saying something. One time when I was a cashier, I had someone, um, the person I was serving called me a bitch. And the woman behind him said, you don't speak to her like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I've always taken that with me to like, don't just be the person standing behind that person in line, yeah. not saying, because you're condoning that behavior then. Absolutely. You know, I think these people need to be like publicly shamed in that. You can't talk to people like this, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's it's the bystander, right? Where you're like, well, someone else will say something. But if you're, if there was 59 people standing behind him. Yeah. All they're doing is enforcing that. That's a way you can treat a cashier. But I think if, if that girl had that really strong support system from her employer, it, it would be that much easier for her to say, you know, this is a him problem. Like, I don't know what's going on in this man's life, but this is not a reflection of me. And I'm hoping that she felt that to be like, okay, the next person that's going to come up is not going to yell at me yeah. or whatever. Or, and, it, you know, I don't know what the behind the counter scene was, but it's too bad that somebody couldn't have just stepped in and been like, okay, you're going to now go handle bagels. I'm going to deal with this. Yes. Yeah. And it was one of those things too, that because so the person I was with, um, said, well, why can't she just give him a refund? (laughs) And I, but it's like, even why can't he just be okay that he he lost $3, you know? Right. And you ordered a coffee. So clearly you want the coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Something got messed up, but like, have you ever had a real problem in your life? Like <laughs> if your biggest problem today is that you got cream instead of milk, then you are so lucky. Yeah. Like, you know, t- t- maybe talking a little bit more about customer service could be put onto our 2024 roster as we are yeah. still building up topics. Cause I do agree. It is a much different, it's a much different world than I would say the, the more standard, like 
nine to five salaried position. Mm-hmm. And even if you are in like a customer service, you know, you know, at a manager level where you might be getting salary, you're still dealing with more of the gen pop than, uh, than yeah. some of us versus like we're, you know, in our situation where we are dealing with clients and we very much get to choose yeah. who we interact with. And yeah, you don't get to choose who stands in line and orders a bagel and coffee. You absolutely do not. But there are probably still some really great ways we could share the conflict management tools that we deal with that maybe we got to make them like 30 second snaps. Like yeah. what happens, you know? And I think businesses moving away from that idea of like the customer is just always right. I was literally just in my head thinking we cannot keep defaulting to the customer's always right. Because sometimes they're not. <laughs> because sometimes they really aren't. And I think we've 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 become this place where we expect we expect so much and we expect it instantly. Yes. And then when we get into a little bit of a pickle, we're just gonna yell at somebody. Yeah. I mean, how many reels and videos I've seen where it's just somebody like going off on somebody else I'm like this isn't okay no I know and it, I don't know if this has always been a thing and and now it's just that we like this is a different tangent but like now people are much more comfortable just like filming other people in public yeah. but it does really seem like after the the pandemic something has changed so to round out the potential resolutions for an organization I wrote down professional development mm-hmm. because I think that if you have any PD kind of budget, really look at and maybe talk to your team about what type of professional development they're looking at. And yes, maybe you need to update skills. Like maybe you need to do a refresher on, you know, some of the programming you're doing or you work for something very specific. Like I know a friend of mine does a lot of design specific because there's things that are changing all the time. But remembering that you can, you can upgrade, and I, I don't like calling them hard and soft skills, but you can update your, your hard skills and it might just benefit you mm-hmm. and maybe your future clients. Like again, I'm thinking about like the design aspect, but when you focus maybe a little bit more on the soft skills on maybe, you know, working with your team to look at handling difficult conversations, workplace disagreements, whether it turns into a conflict and, and just sort of like, how do you really want to promote health and well-being in your team? Because sometimes when you just share that with one, it will permeate the rest of the team. Absolutely. Yeah. So again, we will be sharing more potential workshop options and ways that you could talk to us. But there's tons of options out there. And I do truly love that there's a lot of very, very affordable options. But definitely looking at professional development. Love that. So as we round out our first episode of season two. Wow, incredible. Our sophomore season. Yeah. So I know in 2023, we talked about what we were reading, what we were listening to, just that kind of thing. And I, again, just to try to focus on 2024 and you know, all the the good parts of our lives and both personally and professionally, we want to talk about just whether it's a highlight, just just something good. Mm -hmm. And so for myself, one thing that I felt really good about was that I actually got Christmas cards out 
before January 1st. (laughs) Wow, incredible. It's incredible that you even do Christmas cards. Well, it really helped that this year, and it was actually because of an article that was put out about me by the Community Economic Development Corporation here in Thunder Bay. And they wanted some photos. And I gave them a fam- our last family photo, which was from 2019. And my husband looked at it and he was like, I think we need new family photos. <laughs> and so he fully organized family photos. So with nice. a friend of ours who's a phenomenal photographer. And it was so easy to create Christmas cards because I'm like we have these awesome new perfect photos. yeah nice so my something good is that I got photos out um sorry my something good was that we got Christmas cards out and the photos look great and it also made Christmas gifts for the grandparents really easy because what else do they want than just massive canvases of our kids incredible love it um my something good is a bit of a throwback but it was really exciting it's still something good so in November I hosted a trivia night and it was the first one that I'd ever hosted before I love trivia but I'd never actually hosted a trivia night before and so I hosted it and I was coming off of um I'd been to New York Mitchell's birthday had just passed there had been like a lot we had learned about like the investigation around his uh his death it had just been like this really crazy week and then at the end of the week I had to host this trivia night and um it was in front of like almost 200 people and after the trivia night ended, and this is like what I do with everything, after the trivia night ended, I went home and I was alone and then I just had to like sit for like three hours and like replay the trivia night in my head. And I was literally talking to myself out loud, like you've just had a crazy week. There's crazy things going on in your life right now. And then you just went and did this like incredibly extroverted event of like doing a trivia night in front of almost 200 people. Like you that's just- killed it. Thank you. But like, I didn't know that because I only had myself- to rely on to tell myself that like you weren't there Brooke wasn't there I didn't have my like safety net of having someone tell me that you know and like there was a couple mistakes like I accidentally got a wrong answer for one and so I was just trying to tell myself like that's okay now you know the right answer to it you know like and so I I finally was like okay it, it went well just relax but then actually the title sponsor from that event a couple days later reached out and said that she had such a great time at the event that they wanted to hire me for their Christmas party that was coming up in a few weeks so I actually like did business you know what I mean it was like the I just like it's so scary being perceived and like go and talk in front of people and then it turned out that it actually went well and like that's I had empirical evidence of that (laughs) um so that was really exciting to do that so then I I hosted their trivia their their Christmas party trivia and that went really well as well yeah so if, if you uh if you like trivia I host trivia now but that was my something good that really went a long way for my confidence so yeah yeah well, happy 2024. Happy 2024. Um, I'm already spiraling. It's January. I turned 25 in September. That feels like a big one. Yeah, I mean, you, you're no longer in your early 20s. No, I've, I, uh, yeah, I, I was saying to my friend Sydney, I was like, I don't, I don't miss my teenagers. I don't miss being 17 or 18 or anything like that. Like, that's fine. It's the fact that I am now like, like 21 <laughs> is a couple years behind me. Yeah. That was a revelation. So looking forward to being able to rent a car in 2024. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to Here's a Solution, presented by Emily Shandruck Solutions. This podcast is hosted by Emily Shandruck and Chelsea Lockstead. 
editing and sound engineering by Nick Donati. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and wherever you love to listen. And if you would like, you can follow us on Facebook at Emily Shandrick Solutions, on Instagram at Solution Boss. And if you have a question or a situation you'd like us to discuss on the show, send us a DM or email us at podcast at emilyshandrucksolutions.com. Shandruck is S-H-A-N-D-R-U-K. For more information, visit emilyshandrucksolutions.com.